Hey, this is Dave Ryder from New Spring Church here in beautiful Perth, Western Australia. Really praying that this message is going to help you. If you'd like some more information about our story, just head to newspring.org.au. Christmas Day, December 25. I reckon December 25 is the one day of the year that we try to get right. You know, it's the one day that we, you know, out of all the years, 365, one day, okay, we're going to try, we're going to put some effort, we're going to get Christmas Day right. By now, most of us, for the better part of December, we've um, chosen the right presents. If you have not chosen the right present, saw this great ad on TV last night. Um, it was like for the adrenaline drunkies, and, and I thought it was just great timing. It was placed as a commercial after all the shops are closed, and what you can do, you can order online, and they'll email you the gift certificate and all that, so... There you go. Even if you haven't bought your Christmas presents, you can still do that, even now, after the service on your phone. (laughs) So most of us, we've tried to choose the right present, haven't we? We've um, gone to the extent of getting that plastic green tree out, and we've tried to make it look beautiful. You know, we've got tinsel, we've got lights and all that. We've got these beautiful cards, and if you're like us, we've traveled um, around the suburbs looking at these um, houses that have been, like, lit to such an extent that you could possibly see them from the International Space Station. And if you're anything like the writers, you've probably had that chat, that talk um, with your kids by now. You know that talk, parents, young kids. You know, your feet don't belong in the table, you know, and food actually does belong in your mouth. Um, We have to have that talk every now and then. For a lot of us, we've probably even had that talk with that relative. I don't know if you have that relative in your family, but there's always one relative, isn't there? And, and, and you know, that relative, they're, they're kind of known for being the one who disturbs things, the one that causes that traditional Christmas spout. And at the very least, if you haven't had a chat with that person, in your mind, you've kind of gone through 15 different scenarios of how you might actually bypass this potential disturbance, eruption that's going to happen. It may be full of expletives and everything as, as a year full of emotion and, and things is sort of just pushed down and just comes up like a volcano. Any other families like that? No? I'm from an Anglo-Indian family, man. We are offended with everyone. <laughs> Always happens. So this day we get stressed out, we get busy, we get in debt, all to make the day right. At least try to make it right. You know, it's funny this week, and um, I was um, just flicking through just some of my Facebook stuff, and, and uh, most of the stuff, it, there's such a saturation on Facebook these days, you know, so I just go flick, 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 and then there was this Christmas kind of Pinterest thing that came up, and, and, and I saw it, and I flicked through it, and then I had to go back, um, because it obviously said, Merry Christmas. But for some reason, I don't know, maybe it's because I need new glasses or I flicked really fast or maybe um, the, the font was bad. I didn't read Merry Christmas when it went there. When, when it came past, I read Messy Christmas. He said, Messy Christmas, because some of those fonts, they're like so, like sort of so fancy. The R looks like an S. I read Messy Christmas and I got a little bit upset. I think to myself, who in the world is trying to wish me a Messy Christmas? Do they not know this is the most wonderful time of the year? But then I actually thought about it. I paused and I thought, you know what? I've got to be honest for a moment. So right here, December 25, just to kick off your Christmas for 2008, I want to be the very first person, possibly ever, to wish each and every one of you a really, really messy Christmas. Why don't you turn to someone and say, messy Christmas? And let's be honest. The actual reason why this day is here 
is because of messy Christmas. It actually is. That's why I had to catch myself. You know, Corrie um, Ten Boom actually said this about Christmas. He said, who can add to Christmas? The perfect motive is that God so loved the world. The perfect gift is that He gave His only Son. The only requirement is to believe Him. And the reward of faith is that we have everlasting life, which is all fantastic. But the reason why we have Christmas, the reason why we are here, the reason why December 25 clicks over is because you I and the rest of the world are in such a mess and none of us can get out of it. None of us. It's such a mess. Government can't fix it. Philosophers can't fix it. We've had the rise and fall of empires and each empire that's come and gone has just um, demonstrated their inability to make any inroads into the human mess. We're really, really messy. Science can't seem to fix it. Education, we can't even educate ourselves out of this mess, you know. The English journalist um, Malcolm Mungridge, he, he once quipped um, that we've educated ourselves into imbecility. Doesn't that seem like... Man, you are a prophet, man. You speak about 2018. Christmas tells us something. It tells us that the mess is so extreme, has so entangled us, that God himself breaks into the fabric of history and gets involved. And Christmas Day is about acknowledging that. It's about acknowledging that, you know, the things aren't so great, even though my Instagram story looks fantastic this morning. You know, you go look at it. Look, they look, even though my Instagram they're filtered or cropped, that looks fantastic. That looks good. There is struggle. Christmas lets me know that the struggle is real. That suffering is real. And suffering actually comes personally. Suffering comes locally. Suffering always comes globally as well, doesn't it? Christmas lets me know that hearts do break. This is a really encouraging Christmas message, isn't it? Really encouraging. I just wanted to be honest. Hearts do break even at Christmas Sometimes, especially at Christmas. And today we are reminded that God knows, that God hears, and that God gets involved. And not just from the sidelines. That's not our God, no. Not just from the sidelines. Our God is one who jumps right into the thick of things because ultimately it is only God who can fix the world and the human heart. So ironically, I think it's ironic, Whilst we go around and we scurry and, and we try to get really busy and, and we try to make the Christmas day right, Jesus became because things are actually wrong. That's kind of ironic. And the whole Christmas story actually points to that. It tells us that. All of Jesus' life tells us that. We're going to read from Luke chapter 2. And even in this, uh, this, this um, story of Jesus' birth, we see glimpses of what I'm telling you. So from verse 8, I'm going to read. It's going to be up on the screen. It says this. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy for all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. You will recognize him by this. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. 
they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was a baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just that the angel had told them. I think to myself, why in the world would God choose shepherds to be the first people to hear the announcement about the coming of God, about the birth of Jesus Christ? Why would God choose shepherds? I think we've kind of got this little um, picture in our mind about what the shepherds may have looked like. I've got a picture up here of a familiar scene with the shepherds. Why don't you put that up, Jacinta? Um, We go about the Christmas season, and don't they look cute? They're beautiful, aren't they? Kids make very adorable shepherds. They make adorable shepherds. And um, this is what we do in the Christmas season. We have our nativity scenes and all that. And we get our little cute kids. We dress them up and and make them look like shepherdy and all that. Or if you go to a shopping center that has a nativity scene and and you see some wise men and then you see some shepherds. And and the shepherds, they look really nice. They look clean. They, They almost look angelic. You know, we've got this view of shepherds. Let me tell you, the shepherds that night were nothing like that. They were nothing like that. Shepherds were filthy, you filthy animal. They were like that. They were filthy. They were despised. This is what people knew of shepherds. Shepherds, you are a scoundrel. You are a thief. They're thieves. The men who rocked up to Mary that night were not that. Not that. You can take that down, Jacinta. It was not that. It must have been a little bit of a surprise. Mary's over there, birth of Jesus, Joseph over there. And all of a sudden, these criminals rock up, these thieves, people who are despised by that culture. See, we have a different view of the shepherds. And God chooses these guys. Like, God, you choose these guys? Nothing could have been further from what, these, uh, what Mary and Joseph saw. You know, one um, contemporary commentator of the day said there is no more um, disreputable an occupation than that of a shepherd. Those who consider themselves spiritual wouldn't even buy wool from shepherds. They wouldn't buy lambs from shepherds. They wouldn't even buy milk from shepherds. That's how despised shepherds were. Incredible. And this God, true to form, by the way, if you're not familiar with God or the Bible, true to form. True to form. Our God. Our God, true to form, when he wants to break into the world, he doesn't go to the elite, he doesn't go to the religious, he doesn't go to those who are morally upright. He goes first to the excluded, to the outsider. He goes to some banished thieves. Wow. And this, in turn, turns out to be the pattern for Jesus' entire life, isn't it? You read the Gospels. This is what, it seems like the very first announcement, that trajectory that God sets about Jesus, it seems that Jesus just picks that up. Incredible. There is no human who could have come up with this story, by the way. It is just so unfathomable. This is the pattern of God. He goes to the fringe. He goes to those who've been written off. He, he goes to those who are in such an obvious mess. Get this. He goes to those who are in such an obvious mess that they cannot deny it. So they own it. That's who he goes to. Those who are honest enough. And in the life of Jesus, everyone he went to 
It wasn't even, they, they couldn't even pretend because everyone in that culture was pointing their finger and calling them. Think of Levi, you know, Jesus calls Levi. I love the story of Levi. He's a tax collector by the Sea of Galilee. And Jesus goes, I want you to follow me. I want you to be one of my disciples, right? Goes to Levi. Levi, the tax collector, they hate tax collector. We still hate tax collector. Anyway, tax collector. No, we love them with the love of the Lord. That's what we say as Christians, isn't it? And the very next scene, Jesus is having a party with Levi's friends. Well, Levi's job was to muscle money. How do you muscle money? Well, you muscle money by getting the underground of Israel alongside, and they become your colleagues, they become your friends. Jesus is off having a party with the underworld of Israel. He is. See, we read the Bible with our little Christianese glasses on, but you want to go back to it, you actually see that the way that this story starts is the way Jesus kicks it on. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. The thing is that right now, I live in 2008. I live in a worldview, in a culture that, that says it's a, it's a secular worldview. What this worldview actually tells us is that we are actually inherently good. That's what it does say. And this is not a new paradigm at all. In fact, um, centuries ago, there was, a Christian, there was Christian heresy that actually promoted this. It was called Pelagianism. And um, what it actually said is that sin actually hasn't really touched our heart. And, and I can actually pick myself up by my own moral bootstraps. I can actually become a better person. I can, uh, like through education and all that, I can actually become a better person. I'm not in myself. You know what? I'm actually okay. I'm okay. But I know myself. I know I'm not okay. If you've been part of this church and you've seen me and come up here, you know, Dave, you are just not Okay. Because even though I might be able to try to change some of my um, behavior modification, at my heart, if you really knew, seriously, if you really knew the heart of your pastor, you would be disgusted, absolutely appalled. I get frustrated. I'm in the shops. I am like this big, clunky guy. There is no, nothing agile about me, okay? I am behind this beautiful, older woman, graying hair, shopping trolley, and I can't get past her. I'm getting frustrated. I'm getting angry. I am like, oh, my goodness. The only thing that really stops me from doing something is that wherever I go, generally someone kind of knows me. So I'm thinking someone's got to... And I, I, I'm trying to get past this. I'm getting frustrated. And then I get past it and I think to myself, what in the world is wrong with you, Dave? She's just a little old lady and you're getting angry with her for doing her Christmas shopping. She's probably buying toys for her grandchildren. That's me. You ever have those moments where anger just comes, you know? And you think to yourself, why? I don't even know why I'm angry right now, but anger, anger, anger. What about selfishness? Oh, my goodness, let me tell you. I have this insatiable appetite for more and more and more and more and more and more and more. Man, I just want it. And every day, I don't know about you, this is just me speaking. Every single day, I know that sin is just lurking, knocking on my door waiting and wanting me to launch into a lifestyle that damages other people, dehumanizes myself, and empties my soul. You see, life's messy. I'm messy, and you can't fool me. You're messy, messy as well. You are messy. Christmas is messy. And Christmas tells us that. I mean, why else would God come in such a significant way? So this afternoon, we're going to head off from here. Most of us are going to have a great time. But this afternoon, 
when that child seems to manifest because he didn't get what Santa, from Santa, what he wanted. Or maybe you're in a family thing, that relative, you know, the one you, you did those 15 scenarios of trying to bypass this, this pending, like, doom that's going to happen. Maybe at that moment, when something does happen, and there's a, a vicious launch that's been brewing for the last 12 months, and it just comes out, and you just say, oh, my goodness. Maybe in a moment this afternoon or this evening, an unguarded moment, a moment that opens the pain and disappointment of 2018, and you go up and you kick yourself and you think to yourself, why in the world can't you just hold it together just for one day? Why can't you hold it together for one day? I want to encourage you in those moments, and they will happen today. I'm going to be brutally honest. In those moments, this is what I want you to do. I want you to sit back. I want you to smile. I want you to wish yourself a messy Christmas. And then, I want you to think about the coming of Jesus. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. Hail the incarnate deity. Get this, pleased as man, with man to dwell. He was pleased as man, with man to dwell. Jesus our Emmanuel. I want you to consider the coming of Jesus. I want you to consider. I want you to think. I want you to reflect. I want you to ponder. Why would God come in such a spectacular, unexpected, mysterious, holy way? It is because Christmas tells us the truth and Christmas does not lie. It is only God who can clean the mess. And the good news of Jesus is that He has begun to clean the mess. He says to anyone who is honest enough not to deny but to own your mess, anyone honest enough, I mean, if you truly have the guts to face up to your own heart, if you truly have the courage, not to dismiss it, but have the courage to face up to it, this is what Jesus says, I'm going to start an inside job. This is an inside job. I'm not going to try and modify things. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you a new heart. All those things you long for, all those things you see, peace, joy, grace, that is all for the taking. All of it, it is all for the taking. Here's what we do as humans. We protest, we protest, and we point our finger and say, but, but, but look at the world. Look at the mess out there. And this is what Jesus says. Hey, let's just look at you first. Let's just sort out your heart first. And this is what Jesus says, when I come back again, I'll sort out the world. This is the Christmas hope. This is why some of you here, you look at us and you think, you're a bunch of fanatics. Why do you rock up? Why do you do? This is the Christmas hope. This is the Christmas hope. That sense in us that calls out evil. We do. We call out evil knowing that suffering is wrong. We just, inherently, we just know it's wrong. We know it's wrong. Famine, war, disease, abuse in its many forms. We know that is not right. And on this day, the entire world looks back in history to a baby born in a manger 
2,000 years ago and there was a spark of hope. And for some unknown reason, there's joy because we know He'll make it right. He'll right the wrong. Because Christmas isn't about a baby. It's about the coming of God who made His move. And he got in the thick of things. And he got involved. And by now, all of us know there's only God who can fix this mess. That's the Christmas story. So on behalf of every single person in New Spring Church, on behalf of your pastor who loves you dearly, I want to wish you and your family this day a very, very, very messy Christmas. I'm going to pray for you. How about you close your eyes?